0: Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly.
1: Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. Thank you for having me. As always, I am honored to be your host, coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Now today we have our very first female guest and I am proud to say that her name is Lori Taylor. She is the founder and CEO of The Produce Moms. Now this business type is a content platform in the produce industry which is a little bit different than your normal buy sell produce company. Now she is known for The Produce Moms. This is the first and only consumer brand that drives sales and consumptions of fresh produce. We're going to talk about COVID-19, opportunities throughout the produce and supply chain, and leadership throughout her journey. And remember, as we said, broke is no joke, and we're going to hear some cool stories from Lori and myself in this episode. So let's welcome Lori. Hey, Lori. Thanks for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Patrick. It's great to be here.
1: I would like to first off say I'm a huge fan of the Produce Mom podcast. I watch all your videos that you upload and I also listen to all the podcasts. So I wanted to say that before we started and kind of because this is how these things happen, right? Um, Relationships. So I want to say thank you for getting out there and doing what you've been doing in the industry for us.
0: Well, thank you, Patrick. Yeah, it's great. And I look forward to following along with your success here with uh, your new podcast.
1: I really appreciate that. So I always like to start off because everybody that's on the podcast, we talk about how we met. And so I met you a little over, I would say almost 10 years ago, uh, through a company in Indianapolis. Um, and it was interesting because you were like, wait, did you, did we do business together? And I did business with some of the people in your team, but at that time you were just starting the produce mom and you were in that company. And it's crazy that 10 years ago and right, been following you for 10 years, but how 10 years from being, uh, selling at a fruit company all the way now to where you are today as the produce mom and where I am, how our paths have crossed again. And I think that's very interesting because the produce and supply chain is all about relationships. Wouldn't you say?
0: I know it is. Yeah. I actually got great advice when, um, I was faced with the the tough decision of, do I go back to my job at the sales desk at Indianapolis Fruit Company um, and sunset the Produce Moms as as we knew it at the time, or purchase it and take on the IP, take on the ownership and go off on my own as, a, as an entrepreneur and sole owner of the Produce Moms brand. So it was really, um, it, that was a really huge crossroads in my life. Probably the absolute biggest crossroads of my professional life was that moment. and. I got a phone call from, um, Howard Nager, who's, you know, been in the industry for years. And he told me at that time, cause I was young. Um, the only place I'd ever worked was Indianapolis fruit company and living in the Midwest, you don't quite understand the scope of our industry and the fact that even in super high production regions like Salinas Valley, it's a very circular industry, you know? And Howard told me at that time, he said, uh, he said, Lori, right now, you know, this, you really need to know that this is a small industry. You have to maintain a positive outlook. Do not get emotional. Uh, your paths will cross with every single person that is involved with this transaction, as well as, you know, your allied partners for as long as you're part of this industry. And that was like, That was absolutely the best advice um, I could have heard at that time, because it helped me get into the mindset of, um, you know, not being emotional about what would have, what could have easily been a highly emotional moment, you know. So um, going through that acquisition, maintaining the great rapport that I even have today with Uh, Everyone that was part of my time at Indianapolis Fruit Company and then certainly moments, serendipitous moments like this, Patrick, where, you know, the paths crossed again uh, a decade later, you know, so it's, uh, things are good and I couldn't agree with you more on that.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate your response on that. It's a good one because where are we today? is going to be completely different from where we are in the future. And especially now, and over the last month, we've had this COVID-19 lockdown crisis. And I think now relationships are starting to show more than ever. And I've even seen some posts, you know, from certain industry leaders on LinkedIn, that talk about people showing their true colors during this time. So you have people that are showing great colors, and then you've got other people that are showing that emotional state because something's happening. Um, and also think about it, you took a huge leap of faith, right? And that's what it takes here, everyone, to start your own business, to get out on your own in this produce industry, man, you got to have thick skin, but you got to have that leap of faith too, to jump and be able to know that everything is going to work out as long as you make the decisions and keep your passion moving forward. Wouldn't you say? I agree with that. The passion has to, the passion has to be what drives you, you know,
0: because the passion is what sustains you when other tools of sustainability aren't there like cash you know so it's uh, the main thing. yeah <laughs> so uh yeah i mean i i went through a six-figure acquisition to become the owner of the produce moms and that was hard you know you're sitting across the table from people who you worked for for 10 years these are people who were my mentors and my friends and um the people who empowered the launch and the journey that I had known with the Produce Moms, and uh, so it was—you absolutely have to be passionate. And if you're not passionate, get out. Agreed. There's no—I mean, this industry, um, as we're learning right now through the COVID-19 pandemic, but also I'm—I'm I'm reminded of so many other moments where we've needed that resiliency and that that nimble spirit, that, that liquid nature of what it means to be in agriculture where nothing can stop us because we know that food security is national security. We know that, you know, all, all forms of wellness really come back to what we put in our bodies, you know, and, and there's so much more uh, to our industry than simply growing and selling the crops. You know, there's, there's that mission behind what we do as well, that greater, grander purpose. And uh, that's what I think we all get passionate about because the, it's, it's like we're on call as if we're cardiologists. You know what I mean? <laughs> Saving people's lives, like the job never stops. Um, and um, and the, the, the returns are always going to be, uh, you know, unpredictable because of the nature of how we, how we grow the market conditions, the fact that a frost or a pandemic can uh, change everything and it happens overnight. Um, And that's, you know, it's, it's another moment when I reflect on what's happened over the last several weeks, it's another moment where I'm, where I look at our industry just with awe, you know, I'm so proud of what everyone's doing. I'm so proud to be part of this community Um, And I just, I just think that we are, we are proving to the world that the American fresh fruit and vegetable supply chain is together unstoppable, you know, and that's, it's really an amazing, um, it's really profound when you think about it. And when you think about what we have overcome as an industry, I mean, I'm yet to really identify an industry that hasn't had massive disruption due to COVID-19, but what we have overcome, and the, rea- the way we've reacted, the way we have collaborated, even oftentimes with direct competitors, it's it, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's really even though it's one of the lowest points in the history of our industry because of the way um, you know our value chain and supply chain has been so disrupted, it's also one of the highest points when you look at our resiliency and the way that we've come together.
1: I agree. I really agree. And again, appreciate those thoughts. Well, let's think about this because we also, we don't want to get too big into emotions, right? Because that is what kind of, as you said earlier, if you get into those two, it can hurt you. And we all have been an emotional time because this is an emotional time right now. People's businesses are being hurt food services shut down. I've got a buddy here in Tampa that owns a chain of pizza restaurants. I'm trying to get him on the line to talk a little bit about it as well because he is laying off over 25 employees. He just opened a grand opening on March 1st, Lori, right here in Tampa Bay, an Italian restaurant that only got to see only what, 10, 11 days of opening. So a lot of people are having a lot of issues. There's a lot of emotions, but let's get positive here. I know there's opportunities out there. I know there's new trends. I, heck, I was on the phone uh, with Trent Bishop the other day from Little Bear Produce, and he was telling me, man, I can't wait to see some of the new companies that are started because of this pandemic. There are innovators and entrepreneurs right now looking at this problem and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've got it. What do you see out there? Are there any trends that you're seeing or any opportunities that you might see within your world out there right now? Direct to consumer. Direct to Ooh. consumer is, is what we have to, from
0: my point of view, it doesn't matter if I put on my, you know, my industry hat, you know, I've worked in this industry now for almost two decades, or if I put on my mom hat and consumer hat and the person who's trying, you know, responsible for bringing in the, you know, I I have the primary responsibility in my household for bringing in the food and cooking it. Not because I'm like, you know, it's, it's by choice. It's what I want. You know, that's, that's my choice. And I'm glad I'm proud to have that responsibility in my family, but no matter what, no matter what stakeholder I'm looking at the direct to consumer value chain has to be improved. I don't care if you're in delivery. I don't care if you find, if you currently are sitting at the, Middle stage of the supply chain. Look at what the look at what the wholesale distributors have done. I mean, that's where my that's where all of my knowledge and my roots in this industry began. And I'm so inspired when I look at what my former employers doing with the direct to consumer delivery boxes or figuring out how to mobilize and really just kind of almost re you know invigorate the the concept of CSAs. Um, And then of course, uh, our growers, you know, what, how are they improving their direct to consumer too? It doesn't matter where you go in the supply chain, you have to be thinking direct to consumer in your, in your fulfillment, in your communications and media, um, in your transparency, you know, I mean, this is really, that's what I would say, um, embodies, what we have to be thinking about is direct to consumer. Well,
1: let me jump in now because I've seen, and trust me ever since I started the, uh, the produce industry podcast, I am starting to see my Instagram has gone up. So I get different people that, you know, like the podcast. So I'm starting to see companies I've never heard of. Right. Especially here in Florida. I have seen probably 20 companies here locally between cucumbers or lettuce or watermelons. They're starting these home delivery companies and I love it. Right. But there's a big butt to this. And I think there's going to be a problem within the supply chain and logistics to make that happen. Because as you have seen, there's many other companies out there and I've talked about them before on the podcast, the Freshes of the world, all these different guys that are doing the direct box to consumer. But their problem is, is they're not teamed up with the wholesalers or the right wholesalers. So at times of the year, we see some of these boxes come in and we have like, four onions and two asparaguses, and we're like, wait a minute. Oh, it's a substitute. Oh, we don't have this. So I think there's going to be an issue within there is that somebody is going to have to step up. And I know that I'm working on a couple of pro- uh, programs, like I told you off the mic with logistics and supply chain, but yeah. I believe that we need to come together, right? Unity here. Uh, we need to come together and unite and get all these different wholesalers, people on board to be able to start maybe this new model so everybody's not trying to have a hundred different companies in every single state and county trying to deliver and create their own niche. I think we need to come together as a produce industry and take that market ourselves and make Amazon and make the billion-dollar companies come to us and then let them have in on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing that we've all learned through COVID-19 is, you know, what I think the stat was over 20% of the American workforce is comprised of these gig economists, freelancers, entrepreneurs, hustlers, like the opportunity uh, for our industry, a multi, you know, multi, multi multi-generation and century old um, institution within the United States. I mean, this is, uh, there's a real opportunity to capitalize on, on the concept of what's happening with the industries that embrace that gig economy. And, um, you know, like what Uber has done for transportation or, uh, you know, Postmates for food delivery. I mean, you can go on and on. Yeah, there's, I think that we all know that now's the time. I also, you know, one thing you bring up the, some of the meal delivery programs. One thing that does, uh, that I'm keeping top of mind as I watch how things are happening. You know, we as an industry, we're making so much great progress in leadership as it relates to sustainable living and encouraging consumers to get away from unnecessary waste. We were leading the charge within the whole grocery industry on reducing single use plastics within our department. Um, And I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm hopeful that that mindset will, um, you know, almost revive. We can't sacrifice, we can't sacrifice the progress we've made in sustainability. Certain things like, you know, and I understand why retailers are, you know, saying no more, no more reusable bags right now. But um, that's, that is almost a a regression and a lot of the a lot of the progress that we have made. And so I bring it up as another area that I hope um, anyone listening to the podcast today can kind of just think about as you as you evaluate your ongoing strategies at your business. And it's, so important that we continue to educate people on not only our transparent operations that we think you know with a wider lens in terms of how we're going to operate and how we're going to inspire and educate but um also we have to remember we cannot sacrifice the progress that we had uh we had so much momentum behind that uh leading into the covid-19 you know crisis and um i've seen a lot of the a lot of the remarkable shifts in consumer behavior um you know it's like a few steps back from my point of view in terms of you know every just way too much packaging um and that's one reason why i have never really been a i've never been a personal consumer of the direct um like the meal kit delivery programs i don't like all the packaging waste i don't and um it's something to consider
1: I agree. I agree with you. That was something interesting. I haven't heard of that yet. The, um, the reusable bags, that's something new to me. I'm gonna have to look that up and get a little bit more research on that too. Uh, That's, that is it. That is
0: not allowing it. I mean, you walk through the checkout line and it's no reusable bags allowed. I found out when I went to the grocery store with my reusable bags and "You can't use them. And so then I'm going home with 50 plastic bags. No, thanks. You know,
1: so here's a question because I, I I also always have my news articles throughout flowing as as I'm on the computer and talking. I'm going to pivot here for a second. What do you think about the all-in challenge that was started by Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio to help secure families to get uh, you know access for food during this critical time? I saw this launch the other day and I loved it, but I also had mixed emotions because like I just said before, isn't it interesting when Something really crazy happens, then we have people jump in to do these things. But I'm talking with Shea Myers the other day, and he's like, "Pat, I'm throwing away 10 million pounds of onions each day. I'm doing all these things. So yeah, we need people to step up. But what do you think about this All In Challenge? Have you heard about it yet?
0: I don't know enough about the All In Challenge to um, you know really go on record and share an opinion. I haven't had enough time to really look into it. But what I can tell you, and one thing that motivates me as a as you know, a leading spokesperson on behalf of the whole industry. I mean, really the the produce moms is the first and only consumer brand that drives sales and consumption of fresh produce through media strategies. And, um, I, I absolutely think it's a slippery slope for our industry to let Hollywood tell our story. Um, we have to control the narrative around fresh food because specifically fresh produce, because, um, you know, there's, there's so much that goes into it. There's so much thought leadership. There's so much expertise. There are so many different components you have, you know, we're working in tandem with science and technology the same way we're working in tandem with, you know, um, sustainability and, and the, the basis of humanity, you know, we advancements are all in, and, and, and at the end of the day, and I think this is something that people always forget. This is a business. Farmers deserve great returns, you know, and and how are how, how are how are we positioning that so that the American consumer, the leading economy in the world, understands that farming isn't a charity. Farming's a business, and we are leading. I mean, there's no one in the no one in the uh, food and security industry because that's an industry too. Uh, no one, at, no food bank is going to say, you know what? Uh, we get nothing from the farmers. They get so much from the farmers. The farmers are the leading stewards of making sure, you know, no one wants to see the food go in the dump. But I've I've watched a lot of what Shay has put out there. And, um, you know, I I applaud him for being brave and helping to educate people on, hey, as a farmer, am I supposed to endure more loss here? No, you're not, you know, Uh, it's a business. And it's hard for consumers to wrap their mind around the fact that things that are as wholesome and important and human as food. I mean, this is genuine, real stuff here that we're selling. uh, And we're selling the most raw, pure form of food. And it's hard for people to get their mind around the fact that that's, you know, it's it's a business. It's not sunshine and rainbows. This is a business and farmers deserve great returns.
1: I love it. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. You know how many times I've used that comment on my, my Millennial Boom podcast to some of these Uh, different generations that can't get over it. it's like hey this isn't all sunshine and rainbows it's like grow up you know what i mean but i i completely agree with you um i will agree with you on your statement that yeah it's like we're not i'm just reading into this but i agree i don't think we should let hollywood um be the voice of us i think that we need to be the voice of us um i think that as i was growing up I was, listen, I've been eating avocados since I was probably like four or five years old. My dad had an avocado, a little farm in our backyard in San Diego. We lived on a few acres and I was always that kid that had oranges, avocados. Right. And then as I grew up in my teenagers, I was like, oh my God, soda. Oh my gosh. I've never had this before. There's soda and there's Mountain Dew and there's all these different things and there's candy. And like it, it changed me. But now that I'm an adult, I sent out an email the other day and I asked him, I said, where do you buy your local produce from? He goes, I don't. I said, I don't understand what that means. He goes, PK, you're just weird, man. He's like, you're like the only guy I know that always has fresh produce in their house. And I said, well, maybe it was just the way we grew up, right? I'm supporting my family, right? I go and buy oranges. I check the bag. I see who it's from because my, my family packs and sells oranges. So I look at the bag. Oh, who's who packed this bag? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to buy that bag. You know what I mean? So It just, it is, it's interesting. I think that we need to be able to tell our story. We need to be able to adjust and pivot through these things because what's happening is, and ready, it's a business. Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, they're all going to profit from all of this. That yes, they're doing something in good, right? Just like us. We donated three truckloads of oranges. We're donating to food banks, but we're not going out and putting that in the news and starting these challenges or all these different things to get people to donate, we we're trying to feed America. We're, that's that's where our thought process is. Our thought process is not we, how do we get exposure. Our thought process is how do we keep the fruit and the veggies off the ground, off the soil, off the tree, into the pack shed, and then out to consumers, right? We're not thinking about these these other things.
0: And Patrick, I think any effort that is that is mobilizing food, especially an effort that's mobilizing food into food insecure or vulnerable households, it's a noble effort. But Always. we, we as an industry, must control the narrative and tell our own story. We cannot let Hollywood tell our story. I that is a statement. I mean, I've had that mindset. I don't, I don't know anything about this Leonardo DiCaprio program, but uh, that's my thought on it right now. As someone who can't offer an, an opinion on their specific program. But I can tell our industry and everyone listening today if you're working in agriculture you you better be um, mindful and setting aside uh, you know resources, whether it's time, money, or both, to tell your story
1: yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think that if you're an industry leader, and I said this on another podcast, start reaching out to to everyone, start giving your knowledge because if you stay closed doors that old school ivory tower approach our industry is not going to gain anything from that we need to start teaching the new generations coming up too right on what to do how how to look at things a little bit differently right if we teach what was successful 15 years ago or even six months ago it might not be successful today these opportunities were not there six months ago that are here today so it is it's very interesting so let me ask you a question so if you were to give advice, we got right now, we have wholesalers, retailers, growers, packers, shippers, all listening to this. I haven't had too many consumer feedback yet. I'm waiting for that. But if you were to give some advice out there um, to the industry, to anybody listening right now in this COVID-19 over the next 30 days, what what would you say, Lori?
0: Well, I would say, uh, you know, you're, is it's, your customers' customers are changing and they're changing for a very long time. I mean, there's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be many, you know, 20 plus months before households recover from this and life is, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. And we will forever as a society be changed, um, hopefully for the best. But um, this, there's, uh, everything has changed by, you know, your, all the mindsets have shifted. Um, and you must be thinking in the context of today as you plan out your strategies and identify, you know, your value chain. What is how are you how are you contributing to the uh, in the seed to smile journey for our industry? How are you contributing to that? And uh it, and right now that, that's going to include a lot of things. Uh don't overlook the need and the the critical importance of even pivoting your internal communications as it relates to this shifted society and operation that our industry is, you know, part of. Um, I've already touched on the direct to consumer. Um, you know, you, you, and, and really at the end of the day, value is always in the eye of the beholder, right? But, uh, now is the time where you need to really be thinking about what is, what is, uh, what is our value chain? What is our point of differentiation? How are we pivoting and responding to the fact that the world has shifted and our, and our customer and our customers' customers, they're shifting, they're shifted in a big way too. Um, so that is, you, you need to be open to innovation. This is a great opportunity to resource your own internal team. Uh, you know, there's, because I, I firmly believe that. You know, it was 2012 when I pitched the Produce Moms to my former employer at Indianapolis Fruit Company. They didn't have to support it. I mean, I was, you know, I was making around $40,000 a year as a sales representative, and I wasn't even the leading sales representative in our company. I think dollar for dollar, I was actually selling the least amount of produce per year out of all of my sales colleagues. Um, they They didn't have to listen to me, and they did. And look at what we've created uh, there. And I'm, I believe that in every single bullpen or cubicle <laughs> cluster uh, throughout the United States within the produce industry, um, there's someone like me sitting at a desk with an idea that really can make a difference. I mean, right now, Patrick, through the Produce Moms ecosystem, we have 3 million monthly users from across the world. Um, it's, 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 a, it's an incredible reach. It's an, it's, it's an amazing platform that serves us all. And if I wouldn't have had that support in 2012 when I pitched it to my bosses and they said, okay, let's go for it, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be on this show and the Produce Moms wouldn't be a, a resource for everyone to better educate the end consumer about our industry. So I, I think that that's, you know, knowing that this, this podcast has a strong trade following, I think that's my, that's my number one piece of advice. You know, be open to the ideas of, of your team and associates that surround you. Right now you have to pivot because the world has, the world has shifted and changed and it's going to be a very long time, if ever, where you can pull out your, your current playbook. You know, you need to probably just go ahead and put
1: that away in the filing cabinet. Yeah. If you still have a filing cabinet.
0: Yeah. Get to work on your new one. You know, know,
1: it's good. That is great advice. And I do want to say something because I do have another podcast called the millennial boom podcast. If you've heard of it, I'm, I I write about uh, the different generational gaps. And one thing you just spoke about too, is what I've talked about is that if you were never able to be given that pitch or, your bosses, right? The the older generation would didn't let you in on that. I mean, think about that. Produce moms wouldn't even be here. And one, then you had to have the courage. How many? Th- I mean, like how many factors played into making that decision? And I talk about that a lot in I mean, both podcasts. But your decision making processes, how you move forward with opportunities, and then even how you pitch your boss. Having a good pitch too can help you tremendously. So if you're out there and you're sitting at the desk or at home right now and you've got an idea to pitch your boss, listen, spend a few extra hours a night up in that, making it a little bit more fancier, present it better, right? Come up with details and research. So when you go to pitch your boss too, right, Lori? They're going to look at you like, man, this girl is yeah. passionate about what she's doing. And heck yes, I'm going to listen to it.
0: Yeah. And for those, for anyone that isn't, quite aware of my story. I mean, I I bought the domain and I sat on it for almost six months because I didn't know how to pitch. I was too scared to approach this executive board who frankly all had children my age, you know, next generation ownership, many of which were females and moms. Um, I didn't know how to come to them with an idea, you know, um, or a pitch. I didn't even know what a pitch looked like. And, and <laughs> And I, I actually, the moment that I pitched the brand, it was like what I thought was my last straw. I thought I was actually getting fired in the meeting. And, um, and so it was at that time where I pitched it and they supported it. I don't looking back on it now, I don't think I was getting fired. I was just, you know, um, it was the nerves. yeah, it was the fear that that was my next, that was my next move at Indie fruit was the pink slip. And, um, And so it's that's what motivated me to to lay it out on the line and help people understand. But, um, you know, be brave. Anyone out there, be brave. I mean, I was I was a I was a 30 year old mom of a three year old and one year old when I when I put together the idea of the produce moms. And I mean, there were there were countless weeks where, uh, you know, we couldn't afford daycare, you know, to the point where like I almost quit the industry because I was like, I can't make this work. How do I make this work? And that desperation, that low in our, in my personal life, um, it was, it was that desperation that got me thinking about how do I get a promotion at my job? How can I offer some sort of indispensable value to my employer? And that's where the produce moms began. Um, and, and, you know, certainly on the produce moms podcast, I recount the whole journey in episode one, but, um, but it is something that I want everyone in the supply chain to think about. It doesn't matter where, where you're sitting you know, within, your, within your company leadership. Uh, your ideas matter. Your insights matter. And at the end of the day, we are all um, industry professionals, but we're also industry consumers. And there's a great, there's a great value in the way that we've crafted our, our knowledge and our ability to influence and improve this industry simply because we're consumers too.
1: You're you're 100 right, and I and I do agree with that. Let me ask you a question: If anybody wants to find out more about the Produce Moms, how do we get a hold of you? How can how can anybody from our our platform <laughs> find you?
0: I, I'm I'm convinced I'm the easiest person in the industry to find. So you can just go to the ProduceMoms.com. We're on every single uh, social media platform. I just started a TikTok account, too, with the help Woo-hoo! of my 12-year-old son. Yeah, I'm like, that, that can be one of our mother-son COVID-19 bonding projects. He's teaching me TikTok. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the contact form that's uh, on our homepage, that comes straight to my inbox. Reach out. Uh, I, we, we monitor all the social media inboxes, and we, we'd love to hear from you.
1: No, that's awesome. And I will say, um, if you're not on all social media platforms, please get on all social media platforms. Even if you think TikTok is for the kids, remember, who are we promoting our sales to? The next generations. We're not promoting sales to the builders or the boomers at this point. We are now going after the next generation of buyers as the money is going to be shifting soon from the boomers to the Xers and the millennials we are now going to focus on what our kids want and what they like. So that's, that's very powerful as well too. So get on TikTok. You can definitely get views very quickly to promote your brand. Obviously, you got to be a little careful about what you put on there, but I think it's a great tool. So Lori, I do want to say thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate you. I know the industry does as well. You've given some great knowledge on how to thrive and pivot through these tough times and I look forward to speaking with you more and actually seeing you at the next event.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much Patrick and best of luck with the with the continued success here on the on the podcast.
1: Awesome, thank you. You've been listening to
0: the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.